Jesus, I thank you that we can be a, a group of individuals that, when connected together with you, uh, we become a family, we become uh, connected with the whole family in heaven and earth. We bless the church in London, in the UK, and the world. We bless it. I thank you. It was your invention to create uh, gatherings and people that would um, be on mission for you, Jesus. We bless the rest of the morning and the afternoon with the uh, Women's Day as well. Pray for those that are leading it, that you would uh, inspire them, and those that come, Father, that your, your presence would be really with them. We bless the preacher as well. <laughs> so we, uh, Viv and I, we got put a dream inside of us a, a few years ago that what would a church look like in Ballon? What would a church, a vineyard church look like in Ballon? And uh, it's such a privilege just to stand and, uh, and see, uh, see so many faces here. Um, that we, we meet and we pray earlier and uh, uh, it's such a privilege, such a privilege. One of the uh, one of the best jobs in the world to, uh, to, to start a church to church plant. Who wouldn't want a church plant? Who wouldn't want to start uh, a new church or mission? And, uh, uh, if you're visiting us today or if you're considering hitching your boat to ours, we, uh, these next few weeks uh, we're going to be looking at uh, what is this church that Jesus is building uh, here in Ballon and beyond? What, what does it look like? What are some of our uh, what's our vision? What's our trajectory? Where where are we headed? And uh, um, in a sort of a nutshell, uh, this is a church that we're seeking to rewrite the story of our community, and we're we're seeking to love our city, love our community back into life. Um, we have a passion here to see every one of us, uh, every day, everywhere, releasing and demonstrating and proclaiming the good news of Jesus. Uh, and in doing so, that will lead our communities, your communities, back into life. So we're much more than a Sunday. Uh, it was probably the last thing that we had in our mind to start a Sunday service. Uh, we would rather we would rather create uh, the best church for the community rather than just be another church that's operating here. Uh, we'd rather uh, Christians uh, join another church. Um, we want to make this like this wide door open for unbelievers, those that are new to faith, those that are struggling with faith, those where the Bible talks about the prodigals, those that are far from God. We want to make it really, really easy for people to connect with God. So if you are a Christian here, we, we make it really difficult for you to join. and Because uh, um, there's some fantastic churches. There's some really fantastic churches out there. Um, if you, if you want to hook your, your boat to ours, we ask you to get stuck in. Uh, we ask that you join us on mission. We want to show and tell thousands of people about Jesus. But not only that, demonstrate the compassionate, raw, compassionate uh, love of Jesus, but at the same time demonstrate supernatural power in normal ways, in natural ways, ordinary ways. Um, as I as I began thinking about these next, as I began thinking about today, uh, I said to Viv the other day, I think I've got about three sermons just in, in today. So forgive me if I uh, we'll talk about skiing. I often go on these sort of 
bunny trails. I go down these sort of black lines occasionally, <laughs> and uh, they try to kind of come back to where it's nice and easier, the blue and the green, the green ones. Um, what we're realising these last 18 months that we've all come to church for all kinds of reasons. Uh, some of us, uh, they've seen our, you've seen our Twitter feed, or our, or you've Googled, uh, you've Googled a church here. Uh, your friend has come along, and you've just sort of. Oh, I'd quite like to come along with you. Uh, some of you, you've visited loads of churches, and uh, this happens to be the church that feels feels the right fit. Uh, some of you, you live like a you, you live on the same street here, and so it's just easy. It's, this is the nearest. This is awesome. Um, some of you, you've liked that we're a compassionate, out of place in church, and some of us, you've recently decided to follow Jesus, and you're looking for a community to get stuck into. Uh, what we're realising is people come to church for all kinds of reasons, but they stay just for one, and it's relationships. And so we're, what we're seeking to do here is invite people into a relationship with Jesus through the local church. Um, we're a church, um, I talked about hitching your boat to ours, and probably the kind of boat, I was thinking about it this morning, the kind of boat that sums up, that I guess we want this church to be like, isn't a cruise ship, uh, it's not a kind of an easy sailboat. Um, some people, they come to us and they've said, um, I just want a place where I can have a sofa in the corner and just receive and relax. And, um, and we said, this isn't the right church for you. Um, this isn't a kind of a cruise ship where we'll have everything sort of ordered and and now we've got dinner, and now we've got croquet, and now we're going to have some, we're going to have a jacuzzi happening. Um, it really isn't that. Nor is it a sail ship, uh, a sailing boat, which is just easy on the kind of still waters. Um, I'm really, really sorry, um, and it's really hard. As as we've been talking to people, uh, it's really hard to say to people actually, this isn't the right church for you. Uh, there are some fantastic churches if you want to receive, if you want to be pastored, if you want to just soak in the presence of God. Um, if that's your main focus, this isn't a, this isn't a church for you. Uh, the kind of church that we are is a battleship. And we feel like God's called us to be this battleship. And... Uh, it's not, a, it's not one of these uh, aircraft carriers. We don't have a lot of resources. We don't have uh, a billion pound aircraft on the hangar. We do, um, helipad. Heli, yeah, helipad. helipad. <laughs> um, we're not that kind of ship either. The, the picture that I had in mind this morning was this, this small uh, mobile battleship that can adjust that immediately to, to go to this place and that place. Just before Christmas, we, we were asked to, uh, to, to partner with Samara's Aid and to, to, do a, to be a hub in South London where people could come and collect and people come and do, donate. Uh, if we were a big cruise ship, it would take miles and miles and miles to steer, to steer a course. But being a kind of a mobile battleship meant within two weeks we could create a collection hub here, and uh, it, was, it was incredible, it was absolutely incredible. Um, we're a battleship because the Bible says, and Jesus says, 
that for us as believers, we're to forcefully advance the kingdom of God. So we're not a cruise ship. We're definitely not a cruise ship. I, uh, I googled some battleships this morning. And um, I saw one particular battleship and uh, it had anchored to itself these two other mini battleships as well. And uh, it got me thinking and just my brain started work, working. The term salvation, the, the Greek for salvation, one of its root uh, meanings, where we get the word uh, salvage, where we get salvage, and uh, I started praying and thinking that one of our one of our mini boats is about a salvage ship, where we will seek out our hidden treasures, where we'll seek out people lost, where we'll uh, salvage boats. They go to uncharted territories, and they they'll have a crane or they'll have a um, uh, a submarine attached, and they'll go deep, deep, deep to find the ruins, to find the wreckages, because they know there's treasure down there. And one of the delights of being, for us, is to see God's treasures here, to see people who were far from God this time last year, now know that they're a treasure, now that they have been rescued and saved by, by Jesus. So as a battleship, we're out to rescue and save. We're out to, to seek those that are far from God, uh, and part of the part of the mystery that we have uh, when you read scriptures like the the man who went to find the lost treasure, uh, or the, you read some of those some of those parables about seeking the lost uh, the lost sheep, I, I sometimes think it's not just in finding the treasures or finding the lost sheep, but it's in that journey of finding. It's in that journey, that mystery of finding. And so we're going to be a church that actively seeks to save people, that actively seeks to salvage people, whether they know it or not. One of the great lies that we've been told at the moment is that, is that God isn't good. And so what we're going to be doing is actively telling people, showing people, demonstrating the goodness of God. It's one of the, one of the things that's being eroded in our, in our culture, around the goodness of God. Okay, back to the blue one. Um, the other side of the ship is, is the, the other side that we're actively seeking is around compassion. We, we want to be a church that push, pushes and stretch and almost strains at how compassionate can we be as a community. Uh, how focused on the, the last, the least, and the lost can we be? And so, Bags of Blessing is, is one, of, one of our mini-ships. How compassionate can we be to, to people that we pass on that commute to work? Or people in the back, you know, the guy under the van. How compassionate can we be? So we're seeking to rewrite some stories. One of the, and so these next few weeks, one of the distinctives that you have in the vineyard is uh, one of the phrases that those of us who have been part of the vineyard movement for a while, is this phrase, we're worshippers of God and rescuers of men and women. And uh, the, the vineyard has been known as this worship and healing movement since its inception. Uh, and I think it's, uh, it's through our commitment to produce outstanding worship leaders, songwriters, 
to be instruments of God's healing, his healing power, um, uh, has also brought about the, the movement. So healing, worship, uh, renewal has always been part of its, uh, its DNA. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to read from Isaiah as well. Uh, Isaiah 6 as our sort of our reference point. And then hopefully either today or the next few weeks we're going to bounce, so bounce on a few scriptures in the New Testament. So Isaiah 6, verse, uh, verse 1 to about 9, I think it is. In the year that King Uzzah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were the seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. This is Isaiah saying this. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the Lord, the, the King, the Lord Almighty. And the next, uh, next slide, I think. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongue from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Be ever hearing, but never understand. Be ever seeing, but never perceive. Uh, this is the word of God. It's absolutely true, and it's given to us in love. One of the so we have these moments of encounter. Isaiah, like Isaiah, has this encounter with God, which is why we're loving the, the prayer time uh, every every night. We have an encounter with God as we pray, but time and time again, people that encounter God, there's this natural pull to then go. We're not crucial. We're a battleship. We're not just, we don't just stay in the presence of God. We don't just stay soaking, even though that's one of our primary goals, is to worship God, to pray, and to be a disciple of Jesus. But we're compelled to go. Um, Jesus, he didn't give his church um, a mission. Uh, the church's mission is Jesus himself. And so we go with a mission of Jesus going out. And because of our, our focus, because God has freed us, uh, our natural response is to go and help others to find the freedom that we've, we've received. Um, but I don't know about you, sometimes it's hard to communicate. Sometimes it's hard to explain the gospel. Sometimes it's hard to say, yeah, uh, Jesus, he's, he's really lovely. Yeah, he's amazing. And, uh, yeah, 2,000 years ago, uh, yeah, he died, and there's something about sin, and I, I don't know, sometimes I, find I get stuck in some language, and there's all kinds of things going on. So uh, we've, I've looked at different, what is the gospel? I've looked at different sources from a kind of an evangelical point of view to a sort of charismatic point of view, and this kind of fits where we're coming from. And so this is, this is the gospel in a nutshell, okay? 
The gospel is the good news that God became a man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died in our place. Three years later, he rose from the, from the dead, proving that he is the Son of God and offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to anyone who repents and believes in him. So what is the gospel? So let's, uh, let's focus on that first bit. Again, the gospel is the good news that God became a man in Christ Jesus. Sometimes when, I, when I'm having a spiritual conversation with someone, I might, I might sort of say it like, here's God and here's man, here's us. And there's this gap between God and man. And everyone knows it's there. Uh, I, I think you could define all religions as man's attempt to get towards God. How can we cover the gap? What can I do morally, ethically? What can I do in my uh, act, sacrificial act, so that I can get closer and closer to God? And most religions are about us as human beings getting closer to God. And so sometimes I'll have a conversation with someone like that. I'll, we'll, they'll, they'll ask me things like, what's the difference between Christianity and all other religions? And I'll say the difference with the gospel, the uniqueness of, of Christianity, is that God covered the gap. Is that God became a man in Jesus. He came, he came to us. He came and covered that gap. And... Uh, so the second phrase is, he lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died in that place. Uh, one of the evidences of God is that there's morality uh, intrinsically within us. Uh, we all know right and wrong. We all know when, when we've lied. We all know when we've watched something that we shouldn't have watched. We all know something when, when we've manoeuvred our own selfish attempts to get ahead. Uh, we all know right from wrong. I spent 10 years in prison. Um, uh, maybe I should call on that. Um, I worked in uh, various prisons around uh, London uh, at the UK. <laughs> welcome, welcome to church. Um, and what we've discovered, and what anyone who works in prison is that uh, prison is an intense hothouse for what's already going on in society. I absolutely loved working in prison. So I would come back, come back home from work and I would say to them, I feel really at home. I feel really at home in prison. Uh, I mean, I've met loads of West Ham fans in prison. <laughs> <laughs> <That's amazing. Yeah. laughs> and so there was, in prison, there was definitely this understanding of morality. And there's this hierarchy of what sin is. So you talk about sin in prison, and instinctively, um, a guy would get it, or a girl would get it. They would know, oh yeah, I know what sin is. And there would be a hierarchy in, in prison. Anyone who was violent or abused women or children, that was unforgivable in prison. And the levels of sin uh, changed depending on what the crime was committed. So we would, I would meet guys, and they would say, well, armed robbery... No one's really got hurt. It's just the Barclays Bank. They just lost a little bit of money. 
Um, but if you get if you get my if I get my hands on a on a pedo, then I'm going to kick crap out of it. And so there was definitely a hierarchy of sin. Um, I've met more people in prison that said they're innocent as well, uh, whether or not they were. I was chatting to one guy, one man on the wing uh, at Brixton Prison, and he told me that he had seven partners outside, outside prison, seven partners outside. Um, and I just couldn't understand how he could manage communicating <laughs> with all those partners. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, how do you do it? So I asked him for advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I the story. Uh, so, so right and wrong, right and wrong. Here we go. Most of the, I think most of the human race can agree that there is a universal sense of morality within all of us. And I think what that does is it points to a lawgiver. If you are, if you're a new Christian, a new believer, I really recommend a book by C.S. Lewis. It's called Mere, Mere Christianity. Fantastic book. It's small, it's short, it's a really, really good thing. And in this book, he would say things like, my argument against God was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. But how had I got this idea of just and unjust? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. A man, has, a man or woman does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. What, and he goes on, what I was comparing this universe with when I called it unjust. And so he suddenly realises, actually, I know what's crooked, therefore there must be something which is straight. And this is, why, this is where we have Jesus. He lived the life we should have lived. And died the death we should have died in our place. So the gospel, I want to propose, settled the legal problem that we have. That sin separates us from God. And the Bible says we deserve to die. And, the, uh, and the, the gospel is more than just Jesus uh, showing us how to live. But he died in our place for what we deserved. And so the Bible says that three, year, three days later he rose from the dead, proving that he is the Son of God. Do you know the resurrection actually happened? For those of you who haven't realised this yet. Every, so Easter Sunday... I would love to do an Easter Sunday talk every day, every Sunday. It's the thing that we get to celebrate. We get to celebrate that Jesus is alive. And it's undeniable. Jesus was resurrected in the very place that Christianity started. In the very, very place that it was easiest to disprove. Right there in Jerusalem. That's where Christianity started. Uh, and what the resurrection did, uh, I just want to propose that it... it it verified his identity as the Son of God. No other religion, no other uh, a, a state of thinking has, a, has their God who's still alive, has a God who's conquered death. Uh, a few years ago, I, um, I had to verify my ID. I had to, and so I had to go to Barclays Bank to verify my ad identification. They wanted my passport, driving license, all kinds of, all kinds of ID. And, um, and it was a bit of a rush. Um, we had to make this foreign transaction. It was, it was a bit of a last minute thing. 
And so I went into the bank and showed, uh, and I waited ages, and I went up to the, the cashier, I gave her my, all my stuff, and I said, look, I, I've, I've got to come to Barclays Bank to verify my ID. I, I'm really, this has got to happen today. This has really got to happen today. Um, it's really urgent, and if you could do it today, that'd be, that'd be good. <coughs> and she said, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And I said, no, look, on the letter, I've got to go to Barclays Bank, here's my ID. And she said, um, the cashier just sort of looked up, and she said, this is Nat West. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> went into the Barclays Blue. Uh, in prison, you meet lots of, uh, lots of people with different names and different aliases. And many people throughout the ages have tried to claim their deity. But Jesus' resurrection from the dead verified who he was. Who he was. Okay. Last one. Last bit. And then we're going to pray. And offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to anyone who repents and believes in him. Uh, sin, repentance, those are kind of uh, old-fashioned classical words. We don't really use them in our, in our language anymore. Uh, but repentance is really, really beautiful. Uh, I used to lead some restorative justice programs in, in some of the prisons we worked with, and uh, it was Christian in its roots, and we'd base it on the story of Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was there. And we would look like we would look at words like repentance, restitution, making amends, forgiveness, and we would teach and demonstrate what repentance looks like, what it what it physically looks like. And it's and it means two things. There's two sort of definitions of repentance. There's one which about is changing your behaviour. Changing what you're doing, turning away, doing a 180 degree turn. I'm I'm not going to do that anymore, and I'm turning away, and I'm going to do I'm going to head towards Jesus. The other term, which, which I think is fascinating, and I want to propose, is about your thinking. Repentance isn't just to do with behaviour; it's to do with thinking. For many of us here, we've got lies that we need to repent of. We tell ourselves untruths and uh, things about ourselves or lies about God which aren't biblical and we need to make an about time. We need to change the way we think. Uh, 2 Corinthians says we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Romans 12.2 says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Jesus has come to give us a free upgrade this morning. Uh, we're all keen, aren't we, when our, when our phone pings, or we've got the new iOS 13, whatever it is. We've, it pings, and we get excited. I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what new icon I'm going to get. I wonder what, what's going to happen. Jesus, every day can give you a free upgrade in your thinking. Uh, and he's come to address issues of our own heart, our own self-importance, our own sin, 
and show us what life is like if you would follow him. Uh, the best definition we have to cycle, and we've been talking about the last few weeks, the best definition of discipleship I've, we've seen is moving away from self-importance or self-centeredness and moving towards being Christ-centered. So we're moving away from our own thinking and behaviours, selfish behaviours, towards being Christ-centered and, and following Christ. The only requirement? Repent. Repent and believe. And offer him everything. Give him everything. And we're walking one way and we're turning towards God. I said at the beginning, we're seeking to rewrite the story of our community and love our city back into life. We have a passion to see you, every one of us, every day, everywhere, releasing, demonstrating, and proclaiming the good news of Jesus that leads your community, because all of us, we're working, resting, playing, wherever we are, releasing God's life wherever, wherever we are. And so we want to begin a journey this year of rescuing men and women. We want to begin a journey this year of helping us all to, to rescue men and women. We're, we're a battleship that's headed towards uh, offering salvation, free salvation. Um, Jesus, he came to destroy the works of the devil. And he's come to us as a church to say we can be forcefully advancing uh, through rescue, through uh, being a salvage ship, and also being as compassionate as we can. What we're going to be doing in these next few weeks is beginning to pray for our friends, our family, our work colleagues, people that come to mind. Uh, I believe it starts with prayer. And um, what we want to do is begin partnering with God's dream for, for your friends, your family. Uh, all of us have people in mind. Um, thoughts, our prayers, um, people that really need God. And uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to um, ask the Holy Spirit to, to remind us of people that he wants us to pray for. And then we're going we're gonna, to uh, do some declarations. We're going to make some declaration prayers uh, to God. 1 Timothy 2.4 2, says, God wants everyone to be saved. He wants them to come to know the truth. And we're partnering with God's dream for people whenever we pray for, pray for them. So just close your eyes if you're not doing so already. Just close your eyes. Let those people come to your mind who need God. Who may be far from God. dream of these people entering into a living, vibrant relationship with you. Now say, say this out loud. God, I dream. God, I dream. Of, and then just say those people's names. Of. God, I dream of. 
entering into, entering into a living, vibrant relationship with you. Thank you. 